I brought it this morning, and as after I had communion, I brought it and put it in the plate. I just prayed over it, but I was just thanking God for faithful moms. And ask the Lord just to bless her today. God's calling us to be faithful. He's really calling us to be faithful. You're an army. We're an army. Are we ready for battle? Are we really ready for battle? We've been teaching this class on Monday nights and I felt, you know, we ended the last one Monday night, but we start another one tomorrow. And it's called Experiencing the Spirit, and it's preparing people for the battle. And you're, there's still time for you to sign up. It's on Monday nights at 6.30. We have child care. But I'll tell you, I've not been so blessed in this body in a long time as what I'm hearing coming out of the mouths of these people that are getting equipped and even this morning, a young man comes up and he says, I got to pray for somebody that was having about to have knee surgery. I never pray for people. He said, man, I just opened my mouth and the words came. You know why? Because he said, I couldn't do it. <laughs> That's what God's looking for. He's looking for people to say, I, the people that have the big capital I, and it's all about you. He's looking for people that say, I can't do it, but I know God through me can What did the Marines say? He's looking for a few good men. What's the army say? Be all that you can be. But we're an army. And, and I've never felt the clarion call for our men in the 12 years I've pastored. I've never heard and felt the clarion call for our men to rise up like I'm hearing it right now. I think it started at our leadership time when I got to pray with some women. I said, y'all want your husbands to be the spiritual leaders in your family? And with tears, they said, yes, we do. And that is what is needed, is our men to become real men of God. See, real men can wear pink. Because real men have Jesus. And really, it doesn't really matter what color shirt you wear. Because you got Jesus. I'm not going to ask you to stand, but Acts 19.15, that's our key verse today. He says, And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Does the enemy know who you are? <laughs> are you a threat to the enemy? We've talked the last couple of weeks about graduation. We had some of our seniors come up and we gave them some Bibles and we blessed them and prayed over them. And this, this graduation thing has been on my heart. The definition in the, in the online dictionary of graduate 
or graduation is means to advance to a new level of skill, achievement, or activity. After, here's the one, that, you know, they have to give you the little sentence. It says, after a summer of diving instruction, they had all graduated to backflips. You're here this morning for specific, such a time as this, and God's saying it's time to graduate. You've been in school long enough. It's time to move on to new activities, to new skill levels, to new achievements in the name of Jesus. And for a lot of you, you might not want to hear this, but if you come here, you probably you hear it all the time. Some of you just need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're going to find out about that some today in this message. You see, some people have made judgments against the Holy Spirit and say, well, that stuff's weird. I don't want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm good to go just the way I am. But you'll, get, you'll graduate from high school and you'll put on a funny gown that nobody will ever catch you in outside of graduation. You'll put on the weirdest hat in the world. And when they give you that diploma and they say, move the tassel to the other side, you'll act like crazy people. You'll throw your hats in the air. Wow, I graduated. You'll act all like that. And everybody goes, well, that's normal behavior. You get what I'm, what I'm saying this morning? Oh, but I don't want the Holy Spirit because that's weird. No, graduation's weird. And what you do when you graduate's weird. But you know what it's about? It's about... Moving to the next level of your life. It's about promotion. It's about saying the, the past is the past. Behold, all things are new. It's about moving in your destiny, in your calling in life. That's what it means to graduate. Some of you have been through this course with us. Some of you have been through Basil's classes and Blinda's classes. And you, you've been through classes at other church. And you've been through class after class after class. And you're still waiting to graduate and actually do the things that Jesus told us to do. Did you know our lives are all about movement? They're all about advancement? Or they should be? How many new moms do we have in here? Come on, raise your hand. We got new moms. We got babies. We got... See, your life is about it changed again. And dads, your life changed again. I've been talking to Jeff. He said, man, I forgot how how." How much it was, how many things were involved in, in having a new baby in the house. I said, well, you know what? God designed us that way because if we remembered all the first process, everybody would just have one kid. <laughs> Women sure wouldn't have any more. <laughs> you have said all that to set up this announcement. Friday night, we were having a movie here called Courageous. We don't normally do movie nights. I know a lot of churches do them, and I think they're cool because there's really getting to be some good quality Christian films out there. But this one, I believe, is important. I, I believe it's the most important movie we've ever shown here up to this time. I believe it's going to exceed all the rest because we've shown some movies. But there's a, an expectation, I believe, not just from me, but from the Lord, for our men to step up and be men of God. 
when you came in, we 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 had handouts, we got tickets, we got free. You know, we're gonna we're gonna try to get you here some way. If it's barbecue, you know, we're gonna break fajitas together, tortillas. But this is from your pastor, and I, I know everyone in here loves me dearly. So I'm asking you. I'm not going to beg. I'm just asking you. Would you set aside one night for the men of this church for God to change the dynamic of this place? Change the dynamic of your family. I believe it's, it's more than a movie because there's going to be some time of, of really getting to know one another in a time of ministry and challenge. I want you to watch this, this video clip from the movie. Thompson has now survived his rookie year. I guess that means you can start using real bullets now. <laughs> when you get married, have some kids, you're going to figure out real quick how much you don't know. You missed Emily's piano recital. Can I talk to you? Can I suggest that you spend a little more time with him? All he wants to do is play video games and go run five miles. What are you doing home? They let me go. I feel like it messed up your childhood not having a dad. More than you know. Adam, I need you to come with me right now. Man, if it weren't for my family, I'd be in a tailspin right now. You do heal, but you're never the same. I want to know what God expects of me. Me down the road. I've been doing about half of what I should have been doing as a dad. You're being too hard on yourself. Resolution? Yeah. You've been a good enough father. I don't want to be a good enough father. Can I say this too? I don't feel like I started well. I don't want to finish well. You're going to do this? Then do it right. Something like this needs ceremony. I feel like a rich man. As your father, I want the very best for you. I promise to take care of you. So where are you, men of courage? I believe every father should step up and answer the call. And to say, I will. I will. All the men in our church stand up right now. Just stand up. Teenage boys, they're included. This is not going to be geared just for fathers, okay? It's for men. Somebody do a head count of how many we have. And we got three guys back there going to count. 
Would you stand up for a second? This is what we're going to gauge our preparation for the meal for. Now, I understand some of you may already have prior commitments, and for that you need a note. (laughs) We also want you to invite people. So if you need tickets, it's a free event, but that's just kind of a reminder thing. Uh, So we want you to invite people. Uh, We had talked about having it in the fellowship hall, but I believe the the setting, that's that's from YouTube. So the quality will be much better. The picture, the sound will be better. So after we eat, we'll be good and full. We can come in here and watch and and view the movie. But then we'll have a time of uh, some coffee and some donuts or or some desserts. And then we're going to have a time of prayer, time of sharing, time of challenge. That will be taking place in the fellowship hall. Y'all got a quick count? Okay, you may be seated. We got a lot of men here. Hey, men. Many men. <laughs> many men. Yeah, that's good. How many men do we have? Yeah, can y'all add up that quickly? Eighty-three men just stood up. Okay, I would have thought more. I figured about a hundred. So. That's how preachers think numbers. <laughs> okay. There's a, there's a scene in there, uh, part of that, of that movie, where the rookie has graduated. He's, he's had his first rookie year. And, and remember what they said to him? Well, I guess now you can use real bullets. See, that's kind of where my thinking has been this week. We are Christians. We are people of God And some of you are shooting blanks. And God's called us. He's given us these weapons. He's given us the word of God. And he said, I want you to go out of there and take dominion. I want you to be the the king of of your home. I want you to take dominion wherever God puts you at your workplace. I want you to go in there knowing that you're covered with the weapons of warfare, that you have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. There's a man in the Bible I want us to talk about this morning. His name was Saul at the beginning, but then it got changed to Paul. He had one of these encounters with God. How many of you have had an encounter with God? Amen? He had this great encounter with God, maybe unlike some anybody else's in the room, but he had an encounter with the living God. He was straight down on the road to Damascus. You know where he was headed? He was headed to arrest Christians. He was headed to put them in jail. He had, he had, warrant, he had papers, uh, warrants to go out and pick up all these people that were causing all this dissension. And so he was one of the head guys. He was going out to bring them in, put them in jail, and have them killed. And he had this encounter with the living God, and his life changed dramatically in one day. He got saved on the road, and he got baptized with the Holy Spirit as he went to this town of Damascus. And a man named Ananias took him into the house, prayed healing over him. The scales fell off of his eyes, and he became filled with the Holy Spirit. He went through so many trials and tribulations in his life. He was beaten. He was, he was, he was beaten several times. He was in shipwrecks. I mean, he was snake bit. I mean, everything that could possibly happen would happen. And all the time that he was going through all this process of his life, there were those accusers that were coming and always pointing fingers at him, trying to put him down, trying to stop the mission that God had put him on. But he had real bullets. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. He was not afraid. 
He went to school for some 12 years. Man, he wanted to know everything that God had for him. And the Holy Spirit just gave him this download. He said, I didn't learn it from books. He said, the Holy Spirit filled me up with this word. And then God sent him out on this mission. And he said, I want you, Paul, to go and multiply yourself. Because you're not going to be enough. And I'm saying that this morning. We've got to start multiplying ourselves. Duplicating, multiplying. I don't know, trip in triplicate. I don't know. We've got to start equipping each other that we can go and equip others. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1, The Apostle Paul said, Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. He said, Follow me. As long as I'm following Jesus, follow me. He wanted to advance the kingdom. So let's go to Acts chapter 19 and see what it looks like to advance the kingdom of God. What it looks like to walk in this power. What it looks like to be everything God's called you to be. Acts chapter 19. We stay there most of the whole time, 1 through 20. If you have your Bibles, you can look along. You can read your footnotes if you want to, but your footnotes and mine and somebody else's are probably all different on this one. Okay? And it happened. While Apollos was at Corinth, that was another brother in Christ, that Paul, having passed through upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, In all honesty, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. I loved Robert Morris' teaching the other night. He said, that scripture to him was the same for him. He said, I went to church and I was like, I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. Nobody taught on the Holy Spirit much. He was kind of out there. And here are these guys. Paul's talking to them. He, he calls them disciples. He found these disciples. And he said, when you, when you believe, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And they're just going a little cloud over their head with nothing in it. <laughs> no, don't even know what you're talking about. I often wonder, as many commentaries do, what he saw in them that made him think that they had not received the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Verse 3. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Hmm. So he's finding a, a common ground to, to share with these men. He, he knows there's something good about them. They call themselves disciples. And so he's, find a, he's trying to find this common ground where he can reach them and teach them right in this place. He didn't put them down, did he? he? He didn't. He said, okay, let me tell me a little bit more about you. Many people, all these commentaries I've read, they said, well, some think, some commentators, some great theologians think they were saved. Others think they weren't saved. Oh, they were just under John's baptism. They didn't have the baptism of Jesus. They didn't know about the Holy Spirit. Why were they called disciples? Well, maybe they were just called disciples because they sat under John the Baptist or one of his disciples. There was no really good answers here. Verse 4, then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance. Say repentance. Saying to the people that they should believe on him, that's Jesus, who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. See, we can get in a theological discussion about this, but I want you to see how beautiful 
Paul maneuvers through this and how he should teach us to maneuver through things like this. You see, sometimes we're not sure, are we, about people? I'm not sure if they're saved or not. I deal with this all the time as a pastor. Not sure if they're, you know, they start telling you about their experience. Tell me about Jesus. Who's Jesus to you? Well, he's this and he's that. Well, tell me about your water baptism. Well, you know, I was sprinkled, I was dunked, I was slam dunked, I was something. I was in a river, I was in a church, I was in a bathtub, I was in the jail in a big stainless steel tub. And people will start telling you their experience. Paul's just asking, what is your experience this morning? And then he makes this grand, he has this great Holy Spirit ideal. Let's just make sure. Let's just make sure. Let's baptize you in the name of Jesus. Let's get this taken care of. Some of you have never been water baptized, and you're talking about Jesus, and you go to church and all this, but God said, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. He said, follow me in believer's baptism, and we do. Uh, I don't think I'll do that yet. I'll put that off a while. And God says, that's disobedience. So let's don't get hung up on if these people were Christians or not, or they were disciples of Jesus or Paul or John or whatever, let's just go to the, let's cut to the chase and say, guys, who's Jesus to you? If Jesus, if you can say to me, pastor, that Jesus is the Lord of my life, he is my savior, he is my king, then I would say, okay, have you been water baptized? That'd be my next question. And if you said yes, I would say, man, that's awesome. That's wonderful. But if you said no, I said, well, we got the water ready. We're actually going to baptize today. I kind of forgot about it earlier, but we're going to baptize. A lot of people like to, oh, let's get hung up on Paul baptized them in the name of Jesus. Why didn't he baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Did you know churches split over stuff like that? He's saying, Paul was saying, the authority that I have to baptize you is the authority of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to baptize you in his name. But when you say Jesus, guess what? Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're the triune God. They're one. Amen? So let's don't split hairs over these little issues like that. And churches across America, they have different signs on the doors because somebody said, I don't think that's right. And so let's go start a group that says we think it this way. And we've just so messed up. God, I'm sure, just grieved because we have 14 million kind of denominations. He said, I wanted you to be one. Quit splitting hairs over those things. Verse 6. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues. (gasps) And they prophesied. Oh, it's just too weird. No, Paul said, you need this to do what I'm sending you to do. You need to be able to connect with Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit. You need the empowering of the Holy Spirit to go into the territory that you're going to go into. And I would suggest the very same thing for us today in this body of believers. It's not very pretty outside. It's kind of ironic that it says now the men were about 12 in all. I'm going to tell you something, guys. Listen to me. These men were positioned to receive. 
Are you positioned to receive? Are you in the word? Are you seeking? Are you asking? Are you in Bible study? Are you in a small group? Are you doing something that says, I want the, everything that God has for me? Are you making connections with people that are walking and doing the works of Jesus? Or are you just going through the motions? And they had positioned themselves to receive. They had, had John, that John had, he had preached repentance and they repented. And I'm telling you, when they heard Apostle Paul was in town, they were looking him up. I, we need to know more. We need to know more. Paul, the Apostle Paul is down at that, you know, at that church. He's at that synagogue. He's at that place. He's under that tree. We need to go find him so we can get taught, so we can get equipped. If we need to be baptized again, we'll be baptized again. And they were. How many of you have been baptized more than once? You know, the first couple didn't take, did they? It's okay. I've been baptized three, three times on purpose. And they got their prayer language and filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to prophesy. And they started a small group. <laughs> twelve. Here's twelve of us. Okay. Now can we multiply ourselves? And Paul, he starts equipping these guys. And then look at verse 8. And then he, Paul, he went to the synagogue. He spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. Three months he's down there, man, just sharing Jesus, man, just preaching the gospel, preaching his heart out. But when some were hardened and did not believe, you know that happens, don't you? But spoke evil of the way. That was the first name of the church, the way. Before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in another school, the school of Tyrannosaurus Rex. I mean, Tyrannus. Just waking you up. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia, say all in Asia, heard the word of the Lord, Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. He said, I've got to train some people because this area needs to hear about Jesus. And guess what? Paul was not omnipresent. He did not have that power. He had to train and equip people to go and share the gospel. That's what we do here on Sundays. That's what we do on Mondays. That's what we do on Wednesdays. And we do some other days of the week. We share, we equip that you would go out in this region called San Angelo, Concho Valley, Tom Green County, Texas, wherever you want to call it. So you would be equipped to go out and share the gospel and multiply the body of Christ. That should have had an Amen. He also gives us a valuable lesson here, Ida. He says, look, there's some people who are just not going to believe. Do not waste your time. Now, I'm not saying if, 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 they, if you've preached and preached and preached and you just decide, well, I don't want to do this more. Listen, the Holy Spirit will tell you, leave. That's enough. They've heard. I will warn you this morning, I've warned many times in a sermon before, if you've come here for years or months and you've rejected God and you rejected God, I just tell you to quit coming because your heart just getting harder and harder and harder. Just quit coming. You know my uncle that we did that little thing a few weeks ago, we blessed him. You know, he was a heritage I have as a pastor. He was a pastor. He is a pastor. You know, he was the first one that ever told me that. He said, Harold, there's a, there comes a time when you just need to, Move on. You're casting your pearls before swine. But only do that when the Lord releases you to do that, okay? 
not when you feel worn out and tired because you've preached to them many times and they've rejected you. By the way, they're not rejecting you. You know that, don't you? They're rejecting the light in you. Look at verse 11. This is really, this is just a cool chapter. This is a really awesome chapter. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Boy, if I had a hanky this morning, I'd be doing this. I throw it down. Somebody come and pick it up. They're, they're sick. They can't grab it. Wow, I'm healed. See, that? We, we, we look at that and go, that's just wrong. I saw that televangelist and he was selling those cloths. And I ordered a couple. Some of you ordered them. Now, am I saying that it's wrong to anoint a cloth and pray over a cloth? I'm not saying that. Okay? I'm saying you do what God tells you to do, what Holy Spirit tells you to do. You be faithful. Because, listen, they, were, they, they had such, this, this was a point of contact. That's what that apron or that hanky was. It had his sweat on it. Or so, he was so full of the Holy Ghost. Paul was so full of the Holy Ghost, they just want to get near him. But do you know there was somebody else like that, that people just wanted to touch the hem of his garment? And they were healed? You know what it was? It was their faith. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. And they said, man, if I could just get there. That's why I believe that many people are healed at a Benny Hinn uh, a crusade because they're going there to meet Jesus and they want to receive the healing that God's promised them in his word. And it doesn't matter if Benny Hinn got up there and danced a jig or whatever because they have come to meet the Almighty God and they have this great expectation. Matter of fact, that's... Let's just stop right now because Wes and Randy Levins and Mario are down there. They're preaching the gospel right now in Mexico. They had a four-hour service yesterday. Four hours, and Wes texted me. He said, you know what? They don't even have air conditioning, and nobody complained. And 12 people accepted or received Christ yesterday, confessed Jesus yesterday. And he said, we saw people get healed in Jesus' name because they were expecting God to do something through those gringos. Randy can't speak a lick of Spanish, neither Wes can, you know, a little bit. Uno, dos, tres, you know. Count to 12. (laughs) Well, Father, I thank you for Randy and for Mario, for Wes. And I bless them today, Father, as the gospel goes forward that there would be the power of your Holy Spirit show up and many would get saved and many would receive their healing. Many would feel, be filled with your Spirit and they would be equipped today to go back to their homes and change the dynamics of their family and of that city and that community in Jesus' name. Father, we ask your protection over them. We ask the power of the Holy Spirit, the angels to surround them. We ask for an awakening in Mexico. In Jesus' name, amen. You see, Paul was walking around with real bullets. His apron was a bullet. His hanky was a bullet because he was so saturated with Jesus. Never said he sold them either. He's freely received. He's going to freely give. 
Sometimes people remember when Peter would just walk by and they would just try to get in the shadow. Faith, their faith level was so huge. And we look at Paul and we think, wow, I wish I could be like Paul. He must have had something I, don't, I can't get. Not available to me, just for special people like Paul and Peter and John, Billy Graham and Bill Johnson. There's just certain people that God really likes to pour out into. He just really wants to pour in a few people. So, you know, some of us just can't handle it. Listen, same Holy Spirit, same power in Paul, in me, in Mary Lou, and in you. Same power. Verse 13. Now, here's the people shooting blanks. <laughs> this is probably one of the most humorous episodes in the Bible, okay? In some ways. <laughs> Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. <laughs> this is also there were these seven sons of Sceva. That's the way I think it's pronounced. A Jewish chief priest who did who, who did so. Now, these guys, that was, their, that was their trade. See, Ephesus was a very superstitious area. There were lots of magic and a lot of, you know, Harry Potter was there every screen, you know, at the theater in Ephesus. They had a lot of stuff going on. They had a lot of witchcraft going on. Ephesus was known for that. You hear these guys? It's a Jewish chief priest, his seven sons, and they're, they're, they're like itinerant exorcists, you know. I'm not sure they had a little sign on their... On their on the shirt, itinerant exorcist. Get on the phone. I need an exorcist. Well, I know there's some itinerant exorcists. Exorcists, you know, there's sons of Sceva. Just call them. They're in the phone book. And here they come, and they're, they're going to cast out demons because apparently they had seen Paul do it. Now, how did Paul, in the previous verse, cast out the demons? All they did was just what? Touch a hanky. Real bullets. Just touch, grab hold of. Whew, demons were leaving. <laughs> and here are these guys. Well, we're coming in the name of, of Jesus, the one that Paul talks about. That, that's the one. We're, we're going to do it. We're going to do it that way. The other things we're doing aren't working so well. Let's, let's try that one. The word skiva, do you know the word skiva from the Greek means a mind reader? They're trying to imitate Paul's formula for success. And here's, here's the really, listen to this, verse 15. And the evil spirit answered and said, uh, 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 Jesus, I know. <laughs> Paul, yeah, we know Paul. We don't know you guys. Who in the heck are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Can you just imagine that if we saw the video today, if they had the, the movie about this episode? <laughs> ah, 
and they're running out of the house and they're just leaving their clothes behind and they're running, they're scared, they're naked, they're beat up, they're bruised. There's a saying from an old show, it says, don't take a knife to a gunfight. That's what they were doing. They were going in the name of this Jesus whom Paul preached. There's a lesson here, guys. If you don't know Jesus, don't go messing around with demons. Okay? Don't try to cast out a demon in the name of your mother's Jesus or your daddy's Jesus or Pastor Harold's Jesus. You need to know Jesus. You need to have a personal relationship with this Jesus. It also tells me that demons aren't as dumb as we think they are. I mean, they knew. They knew that that was Paul. I mean, they knew Paul. They knew Jesus. They didn't know these guys, though. So we try to think, well, uh, you know, we can just go and do this and that and this and that, cast this out, cast that out. Listen, it's serious business when you start attempting to cast out a devil. If you're not full of Jesus, stay away. Don't mess around in areas that you shouldn't mess around in. It also says to me in, the, in this statement that, that these demons made, there are a lot of people that think they might know about Jesus but don't really know him. Some of them are sitting in churches all across the world today. But they've never had this overpowering sense of the presence of God. They've never said yes to Jesus. They've never submitted their lives to the Savior. But they've taken a title that they never deserved to take or had no authority to take. These people didn't have the right to use the name of Jesus. Had no authority. Now, it was bad enough that they got beat up and they got naked. Or they got their clothes, clothes stripped off of them. But then look at verse 17. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. I mean, everybody knew about it. You know, you're going through the checkout stand. They were on that cover of that inquirer. Inquiring minds want to know. And there's a picture of them. It's like, ah, they're running away naked. And they're blurbing out, you know, the little stuff. That's how my mind thinks. I'm sorry. But that's how it works. They were the talk of the town. As you're about those Jewish exorcists, if you're about the itinerant boys. I haven't seen them lately. If you know, I think they left town. And fear, say fear, fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. See, there's a healthy fear of the demonic, and there's a healthy fear of God. This word fear is from the Greek word phobos, where we get our word phobia. It means dread and terror. Man, some things got stirred up with those itinerant exorcists. And people were a little bit afraid. Some of you in this place this morning, you need to wake up to the reality of the demonic. Because it's real. Now, I'm not saying there's a demon under every rock. 
maybe every other rock. But the demonic is real. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to wake you up. And you may not be so much afraid of the demonic, but I'll tell you, you should be unless you have a healthy fear of God and know who he is. You need to know God. You need to have a personal relationship with him. Then you can walk in faith and you won't have to walk in fear. But you need to have a healthy fear of God. Look at the results of the authentic. Verse 18. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Say confessing. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. In today's uh, economy, that would be about a million dollars. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. This whole area was full of this stuff. America is full of this stuff. I believe, see, he's talking to the church here. I believe they thought it was okay to do these things. That had been in their heritage. They had been brought up with it. So they just considered it's okay until they saw the manifest presence of God, what he could do, and the manifest presence of the enemy, what he could do. And they had to wake up to the reality of the demonic. They had to wake up to the reality of the superstitious and, and the, the spirit world. They had to wake up to the, to the reality of there are some things that they shouldn't be involved in that they were involved in. You know, I've never preached a sermon like this, but I'll tell you this. Some of you are involved in things you shouldn't be involved in. You're dabbling in things you shouldn't dabble in. You're partnering with things that you should not partner with, and you're thinking it's okay. I've always done it. I was taught that by my parents. I, this is part of my heritage. Man, I started looking into superstitions in, in our country, and I was just inundated with material. Man, you just type it in on the, on the Internet, and you start seeing how many hits you get and where it takes you, and it all deals with all the junk that we sometimes participate with and we think it's okay. I see people on this, in this church, I see people on Facebook, and they're dealing with the horoscopes. And they're thinking, that's okay. No problema. Some of you have dealt with things called the curandera or evil eyes, superstitions like that in the Hispanic race, that they, they dabble in those things and they think it's the norm and they think it's okay to do and be a part of. I'm telling you that is not from God. Some of you, if you see a black cat go across in front of you, you will turn your car around and go another direction because you think there's some power in that black cat because you have partnered with that in your mind. Superstitious. Not of God. Matter of fact, it's, well, I'm not even going to say what to do with that black cat. Uh, 
bless that cat, <laughs> to run real fast because <laughs> I'm not changing directions. Some of you have had your palms read. You think that's cool. Some of you have gone to a fortune teller. You think that's okay. Some of you have called the psychic hotline because apparently God wasn't available. This is serious. You have opened a door to the enemy. Matter of fact, you've kicked it wide open. And you wonder why all this weird stuff is happening in your house. You wonder why you see these things and these shadows and all the junk in your house. And you've opened your door wide open to the enemy. And you did it all because you thought it was cute or it was fun. You've got a Ouija board and you played a Ouija board and you think that's cool. I'm telling you, these people thought that too. And they had a massive burning. Some of you watch things, you allow things in your house that you watch on your television or on your computer that are not, there are things that are not of God. And God's saying, you need to burn that stuff. You need to get rid of some of that stuff. Some of you need to burn some CDs that you've carried and that, that, that you know are not godly. Some of you need to get rid of some movies. And I'm not telling you to sell them in a garage sale and give that junk to somebody else. Throw it away. Crash it. Burn it. Some of you have idols in your house. You, you've got Buddha statues because you went to, uh, what's that place out there in the... Pier 1, yeah, Pier 1. And it, that's cool. I mean, Buddha's everywhere. You think that would be a good doorstop? No, don't have a Buddha in your house. And you've, we, we've erected idols in so many. I mean, I can tell you I could just go on and on and on and on about the things that have been messing with our minds. And we think, oh, I want to keep my mind clean. I want to have a renewed mind. Jesus Christ is first in my life. And we, we have these problems with thought life. And, we, and the Bible says take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. But we're so inundated with a crud that we allow in our homes and to, our, to let our children see. And we participate with, we've got these wide open doors of the enemy and we don't understand why we're not walking in victory. Man, when we get these calls, we get calls from pastors from other denominations, and they say, well, there's somebody in our, in our, in our congregation that are seeing things. They've got some weird stuff going on in their house, and they call us because, well, I think you probably could deal with that. I'm thinking, well, why don't you deal with it? Because they probably got the same stuff in their house. And you know what we do when we go into a house? You know what we do? One of the first things we say, let's see what you're watching. Show us your movies. And they'll get out all their movies and there'll be this vampire show and that vampire show and this witch show and this witch show and all that. And we say, you know what? You need to get rid of that. Oh, no, 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 no. I, said, I, like, I like my vampires. I like my Harry Potter. I like this. I like that. And they want to hang on to it and put their eyes and open their eye gates and let the enemy come through. Open their ear gates. Let him come through. Let's, let's get some of the most crude rap music that we can ever hear. And, and the F and this and all that over and over and over and over. And people are listening to all this stuff. And we think, what's wrong with our kids today? This, this is serious stuff, church. And we want to be the church that advances the kingdom of God. But we've got so much junk that we're pulling along with us, we'll never advance it in that realm. Not only will our aprons not work and our hankies not work, we won't work. It's just another feel-good sermon, amen. 
I'm telling you, it's time for a book burning. It's time for a CD burning. It's time for a video burning. It's time to get rid and cleanse our homes in Jesus' name. Thank you, Misha. And we wonder what's wrong with our kids in this generation. And we just think, well, I just can't believe what. Look what MTV has done. Well, look who allowed MTV into your house. I love my grandson, man. He is, he is just an awesome kid. He, he self-monitors. And, you know, he'll watch something. A, a commercial will come on and say, I can't watch that, Papa. I've been desensitized to it. He hasn't. What have you not? What have you been desensitized to, parents? That your kids, you you just allowing stuff, and you're you're so desensitized to it that you let your children watch it. Some of the video games you're letting your kids play, or you play. I'm just saying. When a move of God came in this city in Ephesus, look what they were willing to do for the kingdom of God. Look what they were willing to give up. Let's burn it. Let's burn it all. Million dollars. Shoo! It's a lot of money. I better move on. They renounced any remaining connection to the demonic. They renounced the demonic by confessing, by burning their magic books, disregarding whatever value they might have. These books and scrolls full of magic charms, charms, amulets, incantations were well known in Ephesus and they were valuable. The world would say to us, here's what the world will tell you, okay? Listen, this is what the world tells you. Oh, you just need to be open-minded, right? Oh, you can watch that. It won't hurt you. Just open up and you need to to have your mind open so you can discern. Just allow some of those things to come in your life so you can have the light, the enlightenment, you know what that's called, church? It's called New Age Baloney. That's what it's called. We need, to come, we need to get real about this stuff. We just do. The world says be enlightened and Jesus says be holy. He says, I died for you that you might be holy. I died for you that you might live a righteous life. I died for you that you would change the the course of history, that you would change the course of the world. We need to do some house cleaning this morning. Would you stand? Ask our ministry team to come forward. You see, some of you are in bondage to that stuff. I mean, I've been in bondage to it. I mean, everybody in here has been in bondage to something, okay? I'm not standing up here saying I'm perfect and I've got it all together. And I'm just saying as God brings light to these situations in our life and and what's taking place in our life that we have an opportunity to respond to God, not me, it's God. What are you going to do with this message? I'm not going to make you do anything, but you better be listening to the Holy Spirit this morning because some of you already know exactly. I'll, I'll tell you this. Some of you already know exactly what you need to give up and quit participating with or get cleansed out of your house. Some of you already know that. Your wife maybe has been bugging you about it, men, or 
something, some, the kids have been questioning some things and you know exactly what it is you're supposed to get rid of. Let me, let me close with Romans 6, 20 through 23. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is D-E-A-T-H, death. But now, say, but now. Having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end is everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life. He has called us. He's a high calling church. And if we're going to be that church that God's called us to be, there's some things that we need to get cleansed from our homes, from our minds, from our spirits. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you for men like Paul who walked out in this world and he didn't play games. He did not play games. He was very serious about the calling that was on his life. And Father, you're calling men in this body. You're calling women in this body. You're you're calling young people in this body today to get serious about the relationship with Jesus. Some in this room have no relationship, and today's the day that you're going to say yes to you. I just believe today's the day somebody's going to get saved. Somebody's going to confess Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. There are some in this body, Father, they're just struggling. Father, they're just they're in this place of apathy. There's nothing moving forward. They have stupor in their life, but you've wakened them up, and now you're, you have a clarion call in their life to repent and change and get rid of some stuff that they've been hanging on to. And Father, maybe we need to have a book burning or a CD or DVD burning next week. I don't know. But Father, I I would pray that it would take place today. I I would pray it would take place as soon as people go home from church. And that you would so prick their conscience and their heart to step up and to be holy. That Father, they would say, I can't watch that anymore. That grieves my God. I can't listen to that anymore because it grieves the Holy Spirit. I can't participate in that anymore because my children are looking at me and saying, well, Dad, are you supposed to be leading me? But you've got the call. You put the call out through me today. Father, you've, you, you've put this in my heart all week long that we've got to wake up and be that man, the man of God, the woman of God that you've called us to be that will say no more to the enemy, to his deceit, We'll say yes to Jesus and His righteousness. His righteousness in Jesus' name. I'm just going to ask if you need prayer this morning. If you need to come and 